Welcome to Reset with Tom, the podcast. I'm Tom Metcalf, and each week I'll be sitting down to chat with an inspirational guest, talking all things life and what it is that defines each and every one of us. This is realness to the core, unfiltered, all cards on that table. Everyone has a superpower. Everyone has been seen as motivational by someone else, and that's the point of this pod, making you realize that you are a badass superhero. And you should be taking pride in that and talking about your unique story. Yes. So let's get to it, beautiful people. And so much love for joining me on my podcast launch. Today's guest, or should I say, the first guest to appear on Reset with Tom the podcast is someone incredibly special to me. My best friend, Sophie Evans. Seven years old we were when she cycled into my life on her little bicycle. Now... Is this woman a superhero? Hell yes, she is. Teaching English as a foreign language, Sophie has always been on the move. Spreading her love and passion for teaching, not only in the UK, but Beijing, China, Melbourne, Australia, and now Madrid, Spain, where she lives and where she's recording from right now. Through online teaching and creating her own personal brand, Miss English Tutor, Sophie is giving her students fantastic opportunities for later in life. She is slaying. She is bossing it. She is doing fantastic people. And not only that, but she's here right now. Soph, sis, thank you for being here on the show. Thank you for being here at the very start with me. How are ya? Oh, I'm so excited to be here. It's such an honor, such a privilege. Oh no, it's a privilege for us. Literally your first guest. Oh, makes my heart very happy. I wouldn't have had it any other way. I knew immediately who I wanted my first person to be. Oh, no, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. I'm so excited for you in this new journey that you're embarking on, like. It's so exciting. It is exciting. You just got to embrace it. And we're doing this for the people, you know. That's what this is all about. Exactly. Right. So let's go into a bit of backstory, okay? Because we have been in each other's motherfucking lives for an incredibly long time. (laughs) Long time. I know. Go for it. So it was... Well, it was... We were seven years old. Um, mm-hmm. my family and I had just moved down, uh, the little cul-de-sac and we really didn't know who our neighbors were and, you know, were they a bunch of weirdos? <laughs> were they cool? <laughs> you really, really don't know. But, um, as a seven year old with my little brother, Marcus on the way, it was exciting times. Being young and exploring, being outdoors, that was where I was happiest, you know. And me and my middle brother, Aiden, we'd get on our little bikes, go cycling around, go exploring, just seeing what we were going to stumble across. And I just remember that first day so vividly, cycling down the end of the street with your house, um, one of the last ones. You were also on your bike. It was almost just like it was meant to be. Came out and I don't really remember the conversation, you know, we were so young. But I don't even, I don't even think there needs to be a conversation. It was just like, nice. They seem cool, you know? Yeah. And it's special. Just, yeah. It's special at that age, especially when... 
because everyone moved into this road. It was built in the kind of mid 90s. And then all the families were moving in at the same time because it was a fresh street. And most of the people here are still the same. But I think when kids moved in, you're like, yes, more kids, more kids, more people to like play with, go explore. It's I exciting. know, because that was the early 2000s. It's where it all began. Yeah, it was 2001, wasn't it? Yeah, that's uh, Marky's year of birth, uh-huh. 2001, and he arrived on this earth the 10th of June that that year. Like, do you remember it well? I remember your mum being pregnant because I think it was the first like pregnant belly I I like remembered seeing because I wow it is one of those vivid memories. I was actually just stood over there by that window. And I remember her coming to get you guys because I think you'd just been here playing too long or whatever. <laughs> oh, standard, standard, always being rebellious. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. She, she probably gave us a curfew, but we were like, nah, we're enjoying playing too much. Like you must have thought that we were just such little rebellious kids yeah, just doing whatever we wanted. Little feral such kids. little personalities. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were just, we were completely lucky, completely spoiled that we've got all this countryside, you know, we've got the woods, we would have, you know, all the fields, we'd break into all the farms. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, honestly, but we were just so fearless. Yeah, I never remember once thinking, uh, oh, no, what's going to happen if if we get caught? It was oh. never, it, it never really crossed our minds. We just did it no matter what yeah break into that farm jump over that fence yeah where we thought we were going to be shot by by a farmer yeah uh, he had the, um, the shotgun over his shoulder and we had to crawl through the long grass and we had little marky with us he was only what five <laughs> i don't know get him started young yeah <laughs> so that oh boy God. is is conditioned he's yeah. uh he's, he's got thick skin now yeah i think just just from all these experiences it's, yeah. it's gonna make you a pretty hardy person being out outdoors and just crawling through all the stinging nettles all the, the uh, thorn yeah. bushes um like we did not care not at all and that was the joy of being outside and us kind of growing up in that last phase of just before technology, you know? I know, I know. It's crazy to think what life was really like before that mm. because nowadays everything feels just so consuming. Saturated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, mental health being such a big thing now and it's on everyone's minds and mm -hmm. whereas before... I just, I don't know about you, but I just felt that mental health wasn't even a thing that I even thought about. It never even crossed my mind. Obviously, everyone's everyone's in situ different situations and stuff, but I definitely think um, technology has a massive impact. I think if we had all of the the influences of tech that there is now when you're a kid, you know, even from being out for a meal and sitting at the table with a friggin' tablet. Mm. What the hell is that about? And yeah. just all of these kind of these things that are normalized, we didn't have that planted on us. You know, it'd be a treat. Someone's coming over. Let's you can play on the PlayStation for a few hours or whack the, the GameCube. Game <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, what do we always play? Um, what was it? Hit and Run, Simpsons. Hit and Run, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. a game. What a game. <laughs> that was a classic game. I know. And also oh. the Wallace and Gromit. We used yes. to play that when we had the opportunity, of course. We used to play yeah. that hours and hours and hours on end. Wallace and Gromit Zoo, like Zoo Escape or something. But I remember the the soundtrack being really... Like traumatizing, intense, uh, right? Yeah, and you'd ride around on the little coal mines. <laughs> yeah. Mario Kart, obviously Mario Kart. Yeah, of course, Mario Kart was just an, an all time classic. So, on top of obviously us uh, always being outside, being little, you know, wild thornberries in nature, we, I kind of hired you all, didn't I, as my actors and fueled the love for filmmaking i know we were your little recruits your little minions we We really had no idea what was in store (laughs) but we just had that that trust and that faith in you that you were just like you you took on such like um that leadership role i don't know hopefully lead us down the right path split paths Untold secrets. <laughs> and it was just a lot of running. Running, 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 running. Yeah, kept us. That's why fit. we were such fit kids. Yeah, yeah. Get us on the hurdles. Get us get us jumping over those, I don't know, ten foot fences. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Barbed wire, yeah. Shit. Yeah, that's it. Crawl through, breaking through this abandoned like warehouse. Oh yeah. Attempt anything, right. see what happens. And yeah. you always just like, yeah, this is what makes good filming. This is what makes good content. So just, just get on with it. Just do it. Because we literally started that. I think within a year of meeting each other, we started recreating actual movies, you know, that were on screen at that time. <laughs> Did so many, Charlie Chocolate Factory, Harry Potter. And then we, we were doing it for years. And I know. then by the age of... 16 yeah we did the two my two feature films i know we'd had all those years of just good solid practice um (laughs) get used to being on the camera and i think honestly that is why and with me teaching today you know i'm always on video i'm on camera it's lights camera action let's go i feel so easily transitioned into all of my social media stuff or the um, content that I'm creating for my uh, teaching channel. I feel it's come really naturally to me. So I just want to thank you for that. No, that's because, a, no, that's on, that's on you, girl. Oh uh, yeah. But without you being that driving force and that influence from like the early days, I don't think I would have picked it up as naturally. Okay, okay. Well, I'll take the kiss. Big love. Well, thank you, because otherwise my films would have been just empty screens of landscapes. <laughs> you playing different characters. Yeah, I mean, I did still do that, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Made it a bit oh. more interesting. How impactful were those years? Incredibly impactful, mm. you know. You start starting to build that bond for life. And it yeah. teaches you um, how to, you know, go forward with relationships and stuff, doesn't it? When you when you meet 
special people at a younger age. I know. You're learning. Exactly. You learn off each other as well when you're spending like most days together. I know, um, I know. We honestly spent every waking moment together. I don't know how yeah. you didn't get sick of like I think your I think your parents did because I, I <laughs> remember like coming to <laughs> knock on it. the door, like, are they gonna come play? And it's like we're we gonna have a family day today. <laughs> 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 well, can I come? <laughs> oh, it's funny because you're the youngest, so um, in terms of like with my siblings and your siblings, I'm the eldest, and then it goes Aiden, he's 16 months younger, and then Marky, who's seven years younger. So I always felt like the almost the role model, and they might say more of a dictator because <laughs> I was uh, definitely bossy. Come on, like. Let's let's do this. Let's do that. Oh no, I don't want to do that. Oh, you don't have a choice. Yeah, no, no. We are breaking into this motherfucking farm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Whereas for you being the youngest, so let's say you know you and Marky, the same in in that respect, and then you, yeah. you with two older siblings, it was a different kind of dynamic. Um, and you were always wanting, you know, more people your age to hang out with and just mess about. Cause you know, for me, I had Aiden for that cause we're so similar in age. Mm, that's true. So that's then true. we just recruited you as the, the other brother. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're still like the same, it's just the, still the same, um, dynamic today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see you as the other brother from another mother. And it's lovely that we get to that we get to carry that on. And it's what it's all about, baby. So did, were there no points of me being your director, um, making films and stuff that like traumatized you? Was there <laughs> was there any was there any close shaves? Wow, gosh. So many close shaves. I mean I remember us, I don't even think we were filming on that particular day, but we'd really, really gone into the woods behind your house to explore. Mm -hmm. And then we were faced with this huge stag deer. Yes. Do you remember that? And it that was the closest I'd ever been to, you know, such a big, let's say, beast. beast. Yeah, a big beast, but... When you're up like face to face um, and you're so small at that age, the stag is so massive and it just froze. Remember that in front of us, like, and we did not know what to do. It was like our life flashed before our eyes in that moment. It was about two meters. It was super, super close. Yeah. And they're so fast and, you know, heavy. I know. with their huge antlers. Yeah. And us being so small, any really anything could have happened in that moment. But of course, you know, these animals are scared of us, but yeah. it could have charged towards us. Like you, you really, really don't know. Um, and I just remember like the adrenaline from, from that. Um, and that was just the start. Similar to that, it was probably around the same time, but do you remember that like werewolf? That massive beast dog. We were we were walking again towards maybe the back of the woods along 
like barbed wire fencing and we just heard this approaching sound and we could see a massive field leading up to a house so i guess a garden we just saw that huge wolf dog sprinting for us yeah. and then it jumped up against the onto the barbed wire fence yeah oh my god we would have just been mauled i know i know yet again you know with our minds just so like active so vivid i think we even convinced ourselves it was like an actual werewolf it's scary so much happens in the countryside, right? I know. I know. People always think it's all big cities, you know, that you should you should watch out, you should be careful, but plenty goes on in the countryside. <laughs> Me, you, and my other, this is for the listeners, my other good friend, David, we went and we filmed a short film because I had done loads of research. I love horror films. Everyone knows that. I did research into people in certain places in the world at night time. This isn't to freak people out if they're driving at night, by the way. Oh, Lock God. your doors. People would place like a fake body across um, <gasps> isolated country roads at night. So then the driver would firstly not be able to get past. It would just be like stuffed jeans and a jacket sticking out of the hedgerow and so that someone would get out and then they would just get like you know jumped on yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't know why we're laughing but it's it's very scary i know i know um, so i wanted to recreate the short film of this so sophie was the protagonist driving they're just very narrow one car can fit down and then super tall what, like 15-foot hedgerows? Yeah. So so I made a fake body. Oh, so this is all, always, like, um, as well, backstory. This is fast-forward a good oh, like, yeah. 10 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not <laughs> seven years old. No, because I'm, I'm I mean, driving, I'm driving. Yeah, okay. I think, <laughs> I think we were... I think we were probably 18, 19. It was the summer after first year at university. Yeah. So... You were the protagonist, you were driving, I was just on the camera, and then I made the body because I stuffed the jeans, attached shoes, and the big coat, and then stuck the legs out. So, so we were I filming laugh, this. I shouldn't laugh. This, this story is so bad. Like, ha I don't know how we weren't, like, we didn't get in more trouble. But yeah, anyway, you continue. Well, we were, we were filming it. You had, you know, you got out of the car, you idiot. You prod, you're prodding the leg with the cricket bat and then another car pulls up, which was David behind. It's pitch black by this point. And he's like full beam headlights, revving his engine. Anyway, that's what's happening in the film. Then you get back in your car and then he sat in the back seat with a white mask on. Cut. God, even gets me scared. Thank you, brother. Well, because you're because the keys are no longer in your ignition, are they? And you're searching around. Then you look up into the into the rear mirror, and then you see the mask behind you. My God, honestly, how am I not scarred? <laughs> I mean, I think you are. Yeah, true. <laughs> I usually check my back seats. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's because of this, though. Yeah, I forgot the crescendo. So when we were filming it, 
a car was coming up the road, wasn't wasn't it? And mm-hmm. there was a woman driving the car, and and obviously the body's still in the road. So my instinct was just to be like nice and and approach her in the car. Do you remember I went up? She was driving super slow. Her eyes were on that finish line. She did not look left at me. But I tried to go close the window to just to explain, like, oh, we're just filming something. But I realized I became the horror aspect of what we were creating. I know, I know. I she didn't. Kept going. I never actually saw her face because uh, I think she was. Because I think I was sat in the car at this point. But I can only imagine the sheer. What the hell? Have I, like, what scene have I just come into? Oh, my gosh, poor woman. <laughs> I, I think about her, like, once a year. <laughs> just once a year, yeah. But she did, she, I mean, I don't blame her. She didn't even, like, wind her window down, did she? No! I think she just locked them doors. And then did she not have to just reverse? She reversed back up that road. No, did she reverse or did she just keep going? Either way, she got around the body and everything. And then 10 minutes later, the police arrived. We saw the We saw the blue flashing lights coming for us. She called the police. I mean, what does anyone do in that situation? You do call the police. If you see that, if you see that, call, call them, call the cops. Exactly. Because how are random people to know that there's film crew um, and they're filming something. It's not even like... Plus we don't look like a film crew. No, exactly. Like young teenagers messing yeah. about late at night. It wasn't like we had all the props and the lights and everything set up. Well, we had the props, Soph. As the police saw when they searched the car because they found the cricket bat, they found the white mask, and then they found like bin bags or something in the booth. This is so bad. <laughs> you see how bad that looks? Oh my god. How were we not arrested? I said we were doing it for school. Because if you say we're just filming our own little film, I think, what fucking creeps are these? Exactly. Just arrest them anyway. I know, exactly. But just like all they could see were these two scarecrow (laughs) legs sticking out of the the hedge. That is If we were grown-ass adults, we would have been in the cell. Yeah, we would have been in the cell. Locked up. That's it. Throwing away the key. Are you looking for one-on-one coaching in self-discovery, confidence building, and a positive mindset reset? Well, look no further, my friend. And good on you wanting to make a change. That's why I'm here. Drop by my website and fill out an online form for a free 30-minute consultation with me, obviously. We'll talk through what it is in your life you want to change and how we can get you thriving as an authentic version of you. I did it, and so can you. All I ask is you bring honesty, you show up as yourself, and in turn, I'll give you the support you need to transform your life, you beautiful badass. Go to www.resetwithtom.com and follow the link for your free consultation. I'm a friend. This is what I love to do, and I'm here to help you. See you there.
yeah, I want you to talk. I want you to talk to the listeners. Obviously, you you know uh, something in particular that you want to cover that's very dear to you, a big, beautiful part of you, such admiration that I have for you that you want to bring this here and all of these topics are here to benefit the listener. I want you to, yeah, to just be you and just fucking own this moment and look at where you've come. So going on to that, I'm going to pass over to you. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about what you wanted to bring today. Yeah, I wanted to talk about what is very close to my heart and what's really made me who I am today. So basically five years ago, I started to notice that my hearing was really, really declining. And I just did not understand why, what was going on. So ended up getting a load of tests done and with the audiology department within the hospital, they said, yeah, you've, um, you've got hearing of like someone of a 70 year old. And that was such a, a monumental moment for me. I started going into like a repeated cycle of I'm such an idiot. It was because I never wore protective, you know, earplugs uh from 18 onwards but when you first go to university you just want to fit in don't you I think and maybe even in in school as well it was something that was never even talked about or discussed how important it really really is to protect your hearing and just like it's important to protect your eyes and you know your other senses. So I really, really started to go into quite a a self-deprecating period of time in my life, really just regretting all the nights out that I'd had, all the gigs that I'd gone to over the years, festivals especially, and really, really beating myself up thinking, why had I not worn protective earplugs then? It was a really, really horrible period of of my life because, you know, university, going to gigs, concerts, festivals were always, always the highlight of any just experience that I've ever had. Yeah, that really, really hit me. And when I was told, yeah, you're going to have to wear hearing aids, that was like, wow, okay, this is really, really big. And how do I go about life now? And I would say I wasn't myself over the first few years of having to wear hearing aids. You know, I would always call my hearing loss, what would I call it? Yeah, more just um, my disability, my condition. And I think as soon as you label anything like that, it's hard not to feel weak and inferior and not good enough. And also beating myself up to the point of why me? What have I done in this life 
to deserve this. And that was really, really such a hard new transition that I was going through, a new huge hurdle, obstacle, just ultimately this new challenge and new life that I was having to adapt to. The hearing aids I first got, they were through the NHS. So they were really, really big, clunky, um, really obvious. I just remember just refusing to ever, ever, ever wear my hair up. That was such a big thing to me because then as soon as you wear your hair up, they're completely on show and everyone knows and everyone can judge you and everyone can look at you like, oh, she's so young and why is she having to wear these aids which are essentially made for old people? Because I think um, you would mainly know and have the experience that old people wear them. So why, uh, you know, me as a 25-year-old, why was I having to go through that at such a young age? Yeah, it was just really, really hard. And actually, I can't remember a lot of the general things that I did over those years, which makes me really sad because it makes me feel that I've completely repressed it really looking back and you know I've got loads of photos that remind me of and it's really not even that long ago actually around the time I first had the hearing aids fitted was when I met my boyfriend now Tom and you know we soon it's our five-year anniversary me getting hearing aids was actually the the start of our new you know blossoming relationship as well so as much as I was thinking uh, I wasn't myself. I had a terrible time. I hated life. Actually, that wasn't the case at all. I was going through, you know, the stages of um, all the, the honeymoon phase of getting into a new relationship because I'd been in some really horrible relationships before. And Tom really taught me what a normal, loving relationship was like. And of course, didn't care about my hearing aids. And he really, really taught me that why should they affect anything? If they're improving your quality of life, perfect. If people were to judge you or treat you differently because of two tiny little devices, then they shouldn't be your friends. And that's really, really what he taught me when I was feeling so low and just hating myself. So I really, I owe a lot to him ultimately because I was so scared. I even remember the the first time that I told him that I wear these and did he mind? Did he care? And he was just, just looked at me like, that I was a crazy person. But it was such a big thing to me. And I, in my head, you know, it's crazy how your mind works in that I had fully convinced myself that he would end things with me. He would dump me, he couldn't put up with it. So when he 
was just like, Soph, I don't care. That was, it was huge. Really, really huge for me. Even just telling my like best friends for the first time, you and um, Ginny, my other best friend and other friends from uni and, you know, different stages in my life. No one cared. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) And then that was sort of the start of the healing, I think. Healing journey when people accepted it. But they didn't even have to accept it. It was just, this is something new that's happening to Sophie. You know, it doesn't change anything about our friendship, what I feel towards Sophie. Uh, you know, and I was told on numerous occasions that it ultimately gave people more ad- admiration mm-hmm. for me, which in turn really, really boosted my confidence. Just over the years, it's been such a journey of acceptance. It's crazy just thinking back to how I was, and I would really, really find my hearing a lot more difficult at night especially because with my hearing loss has come tinnitus too and if uh, the listeners if they don't know much about what it is it's basically ringing and the the ringing sounds can be different mine's very much high pitch almost like electricity Tinnitus usually, I would say, eight times out of ten comes with hearing loss. It's the ringing is all the time. You don't get any respite from it. I think I have it in both ears, but because it's from the brain, the brain is almost overcompensating for the hearing loss. Mm, Loads of research has been done into the field of hearing loss and and tinnitus but I'm part of a few different groups it's been really really inspirational just to meet other people of a similar age as well if not younger who also have been battling with hearing loss and tinnitus because no one gets respite from it which is the hardest part and there isn't a cure for it yet it's just a case of getting your brain distracted. So whether it's listening to white noise at night uh, or a lot of people have a fan on, so they just have the fan sound to distract them. For me, I just really had to use music as my therapy. Playing music and soothing sounds really, really helped me. And I feel fortunate in that sleep has never been a big problem for me so I can just close my eyes and really really force myself to sleep and that's perfect but of course there's been times where I'm just lying awake at night and everything is silent but all I can hear is the high pitch ringing it's really debilitating and the problem is is when you put your brain to thinking about it and that is the the main focal point, that's the attention. And it's really, really hard to deviate from that. So it feels really 
encompassing and really consuming. And it's very, very easy if you don't train your mind to go down a path of, I'm never going to overcome this. I'm going to let the tinnitus get the better of me. I've had moments of when I've really let it get the better of me. And that's scary. It's a really, really, really scary place to go. Dark, dark, dark hole. It's hard to crawl out of that hole. And I think in those moments, it's really, it's, they've scared myself thinking, okay, I can either beat myself up all the time, think that I'm worthless, think that this condition is going to beat me. But actually, when you choose and when you actively choose the other path, that I am going to control it and I'm going to be a better person. That is life-changing, really, really, really life-changing. And I can wholeheartedly say that I'm on the lighter path now and there's hope. And I feel really uh, confident about that and that I've managed to get to a place of acceptance and that I can be the boss and that I can control this, not let this control me. So that's really liberating and that's really empowering. But, you know, if you did ask me five years ago to, to speak and do a podcast about this, there is no way in hell I, I would have been able to do it. I would have been a blubbering mess. I wouldn't have even been able to speak about it. What about one year ago? One year ago, it could have been okay. But I think there were a lot of very uncertain, worrying things happening um, in my life at that time. And I wouldn't have felt as strong and as confident as I do today, for sure. So it's been a journey, seriously a journey. It's beautiful for me. Firstly, just like hats off. Yes, you should feel confident. Yes, you should feel empowered because listening to your, Sophie's true rawness and emotions about this condition that you got later in your life, as, as so many people do get, you know, actually in, in this country, in the UK, one in six people, either from birth or developed later in life, so people listening will have the same worries or concerns that you might have had in the past. And I just think you talk about self-appreciation and I can see when you're talking and stuff, I can see the pride. <laughs> I can see your ownership of what you have, what card you have been dealt. And that's just one card out of 50. Yeah. You know, and it's not even necessarily a bad card, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, we, we all get so many things, right? And I can't speak because I don't have that specific thing that you have, you know. 
when you get to the place that you get to and listening to you talk about it, it's just empowering. And it's empowering for someone who doesn't have it as well. And I think people will want to do better if people know people in their lives who have, who are challenged with their hearing. The point of this, obviously, and you talking so frank and so beautifully is so, so, so beneficial to people. Ah, thank you so much. No, I don't need to thank me. I should be thanking you. And if there are people listening right now, and they're like, shit, this is exactly how you, talking about you five years ago, this is how I'm feeling. What would you say to someone who is in the place that you were in? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's big. That's big. I think it ultimately boils down to you have to have a sheer, frank, open, honest discussion with yourself and ask yourself, do you want a better, more improved quality of life? Yes or no? That is, I think, the, the clearest, most direct question that you can ask yourself. And if you're choosing no, and I was in that place, you don't love yourself enough. And that is honestly what it comes down to. And that is heartbreaking. It's really, really heartbreaking because I did not love myself enough to want to improve and be better, not only for myself, but for everyone around me. Because I know that it affected people around me. 100%, 100%. And I take that on board. It hurts. It hurts because I think I'm a very emotional person, very overly sympathetic, if not empathetic. You know, I really feel other people's emotions. Yet anyone listening to this who I can really, really help, I just want you to choose yes all day, every day in that you want to better your overall quality of life because you love yourself enough to want to do that for you. And it's not about anyone else to ultimately be a better person. That's it. Self-love. That's why we are here. We love you as well. And like you're saying, it is, it is as simple as a yes, no. Yeah, not everyone is there. Hell, like we talk about, you weren't there. I was definitely not fucking there. I self-hated. I definitely didn't self-love, but I definitely did self-hate. Everyone can get to self-love when they commit to answering yes to what you've just said. Exactly that, exactly that. And don't expect it's going to be an overnight transition. No way. It is a journey and everyone's on different time zones, different time periods. Yeah, I wanted my acceptance to be within a year. No way. It took really up till now, you know, up till this past year to truly, truly accept it and to not care what other people thought. 
because I know full well I cared too much about what other people thought of me. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and I know you felt that too. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, you know, this step one, not even step one, because it wasn't my step one. It's been one of more, my more recent steps. This care we have for other people's opinions of us. It's crazy. When you boil it down uh, to a black and white thing, it's, it's laughable. It's laughable. It's not even anything tangible. Mm-mm. When you think about the importance, the, the, the relevance that this concept can be and just how consuming yes. it is, it's crazy. It leads our lives. We wake up and that has the control because as so many things, it's instilled in us. Yeah. More so with social media and everything. People will wake up in the morning. They'll want to put some fucking badass clothes that they want to wear on, but they're going to put it back on the shelf because they think, oh, I can't pull that off. Or, oh, the lads are going to say something about that. When you start dressing how you want to dress, walking how you want to walk, you talk like that, wear those aids on your ears, you know, go dancing, go say that to that person. Just live your life without the worry of other people's perceptions because once you let go of that that's such a massive leap forward into your own self 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 appreciation self love self respect that is going outwardly as well to everyone as everyone else as well and you start to encourage other people empower other people it's such a massive part of everyone's journey how do you think so Obviously, so much of this, this part of your journey was self, you, your head, and how you were dealing with it. You talk about the support you had from Tom, which is incredible at the start of a relationship. How do you feel the support of others, you know, the attention that is given to your hearing condition how do you think that shaped it as well in terms of it being a part of you and whether it was acknowledged as much or you know you say when you came out with it people were you know quite normal about it but sometimes that can be uh, depending on how your mind's working that can actually be okay so are they okay with it are they acknowledging what how this is how what this means for my life yeah yeah this is such a big part of it too, because I would constantly question whether people, you know, close to me and my friends in my circle, whether they didn't want to bring it up or even a, hey, so how have you been lately? How, uh, how are you dealing with this new uh way because I've uh, completely had to adapt my life yeah it's it was never sort of a how how are you and how are you adapting with this I don't know whether I can recall my friends asking me these questions it makes me wonder was it because they didn't want to bring it up because it was a touchy area to me 
Uh, and then I just wasn't in a place to talk about it. Or was it just negligence on their part? And this is a big, big question that I would love to be answered by some of my close friends, some people in my circle. I don't want to believe that it was negligence, you know, and you want to believe that your friends are your friends no matter what, and they are there for you no matter what. But also I completely understand that everyone has so much going on in their own lives that that can be really all-encompassing, all-encompassing. It's a case of do we just have to get on with things ourselves? I think, and it's something that we've spoken about before, and it's something that I very much notice when people are completely encompassed in their own lives. Yeah. It's so important, us as people, and especially in our important relationships, that we have that vested interest. And we're here once. We're here once. We've chosen these people to be in our lives, and we should be there for them. We should be checking in, and it shouldn't be chores. Like, I think very much so it's difficult when we want answers from people because we can't always get them and we can't always necessarily get honest answers we have to do the the best thing of assuming that these days people are worried they're going to say something wrong i think that's a big factor for so many things Mm -hmm. but i also think people can definitely always do more (laughs) yeah i know i know and then you want support without actively asking seeking the support with the worry that you're sounding naggy that you're making it all about you uh, or that you're coming across as weak and inferior it can be whichever way you even like think about it and again this is the the another extension of the the fear of what other people are thinking of us. And we have such a wall up against talking about ourselves. I know, I know. Whether it's championing ourselves or at the other end, talking about if we're low in this moment, we hold that back as well. So what the fuck are we talking about? If we're not talking about the bottom or the top, what's in the middle? Is that real? Are we just scared to talk about that? They're scared to ask us about this. And we spoke the other day in terms of relating, you know, you you really, in essence, came out about your hearing properly five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. The same time I came out with my sexuality, you know, proud gay fucking man right here. We did it at the same time. The similarities to your journey, even if you're not experiencing the same thing, as a whole, you're experiencing uh, your journey. You're going in that same direction. Literally, yeah. You're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about other people. And the support I had from people was such a massive element of it. There's this recurring sentence in whatever you're coming out with. A lot of the time, when I came out as gay, a big response to that would be, 
but it doesn't define you. Look, it doesn't define you. And I remember absorbing that because it was almost like, it was almost detracting myself from that. And then over the years, hell no, it does define me. I'm not saying that every queer piece person needs to be defined by their sexuality, but that's what I was always missing. That was my emptiness in me. All, all the stuff that I buried about myself. And in that empty gap was all of the self-love, self-respect, confidence, all of that was in there. So when I filled that and I saw my queerness as a representation of me and I accepted that, yes. What a feeling, what a feeling. And yeah, what I can add on, on that is that you spent so many years fighting, repressing your sexuality. You mm. even got to a point of convincing yourself that you were straight. Yeah. And that you fully believed that because of the fear of society. Yeah. How they would perceive you, how they'd treat you. And so you'd got so good at lying, at lying, at lying, at the deceit, but the mm. deceit to yourself. So no wonder you uh, were thinking you were fighting that feeling of it defining you. No wonder you'd taught yourself those defense mechanisms for so many years and you'd conditioned yourself into that way of thinking and that way of being. Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. When you program your mind to work in a certain way, I mean, what, say that was like 15 years of bury, burying myself and the brain is absolutely insane how it does convince you that you're not a certain way. But... I think it's important to say, if you've got any of these colorful people in your life, if someone comes out to you or if you, I, I just say, don't go with the, it's not, a, it doesn't mean it defines you. It doesn't mean it's a definition of you because all we're doing there, we're further instilling that separation from yourself and your queerness. Exactly. You need exactly. to. And your conditions. Yeah. Because me fighting that my hearing didn't define me, it, I'm doing myself a disjustice. Yeah, That's you are. It's your crazy. That's crazy because hearing the ability is part of you. That is your ability. It's not someone else's. It's not this concept that you can't touch, you know. It's not some crazy myth. It is part of you and that knowing and understanding that and accepting it is the liberating oh, element. Oh, so liberating. It so is. It's your, it's your fucking superpower, Soph. Aww. How it's yours as well. It's, oh, we're all yeah. superheroes. We're all superheroes in different ways. Yes, yes. Oh, you've got to own it. You've got to own... Don't let anyone tell you... And I'm talking to all of you. Don't let anyone 
tell you what does and does not define you. You are uniquely you. There never was, never will be anyone exactly like you. And that will keep going from the old Big Bang all the way till the end bank. <laughs> end bank sounds good right about now. I don't mean, no, I don't mean I don't want the universe to blow up. I was talking about like a bang bang. <laughs> this is just a gentle, friendly reminder to all the awesome drivers out there listening to this pod whilst you're on the road. You know, when you have a stress-free drive, it massively impacts your day. So seriously, hold back from getting pissed off on your journey. I do my best when I'm driving to be the best I can be on the road. Thank people. You have hazard and headlights, so be polite as you should be in person. If you're right up in someone's ass right now in that fast lane, get out right now because it's not okay. You getting somewhere 10 seconds faster isn't worth crashing and dying or killing someone else. So climb out of their ass right now. Likewise, if someone's up your ass, just keep it calm. Don't let them kill you. And when it's safe, just get out of that lane and a nice big smile as they pass. If you need to swear, do it whilst calm and smiling. There you go. Let's be helping each other on the roads rather than trying to ruin each other's days. Good going, kings and queens. Let's clean up these roads. I tell you what makes me really happy and makes me feel like I did a little bit for you in your hearing journey was, I mean, it's in my calendar as well. It was June 2019. Is it June 28th? I was there with you kind of at the start of your embracing your superpower. Tell us, because that really was a very defining, I had your hand. Yeah, that was, again, I talk about these monumental periods. This was a day where I was ready to step up, ready to amp things up further, improving my quality of life. And the aids that I'd been given by the NHS, they just weren't serving their purpose anymore. Too clunky. I was experiencing a lot of problems with them. And I started exploring just what services, what facilities were out there available to me, you know, in our in our hometown. And really we're just so fortunate with what we have around us. I contacted Mary Hair Clinic. Um so we have one of the largest schools in the UK. Is it is. It is, it is, yeah. For um the hearing and hearing, you know, impaired students. They have a sister clinic that deals with, you know, the general public. And so I got in contact and went through all, all the tests. They were super lovely. I remember having to do the hearing test where you're sat in a uh, quite a scary room. So if you've got claustrophobia, yeah, it's not really for you because you're sat in this booth. And it's one of these ultra, ultra, you know, there's no other sounds that can get in or out. And you're just here, glass door. They put, can you see anything? Yeah, yeah. You can see through the glass door to, 
to, um, you know, the, the individual clicking and doing whatever they're doing on the, on the computer. It's all linked up. So they put these like, particular headphones on you. They're testing one side, they're testing the other. And every time you hear a different ranging of, of different pitches, uh, a sound, they give you like a clicker and you have to press it and hold, hold it down for as long as the sound is continuing. And it's kind of made me build up a bit of a, I wouldn't go as far as saying like PTSD from it, but I just don't enjoy the experience at all because I can't always hear the sounds properly because of my tinnitus. My tinnitus ringing really, really masks it. So then it just gets me into the headspace of because I can't hear the sounds, I'm inferior and it's just a, a, a horrible kind of cycle to go through. But yeah, we went along to almost like the, the, the clinic open day and I was so scared about me going on my own. And I think, I believe you just got back from the travels. I just got back, yeah, from the nine months of backpacking, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, there's no better person to go with than my best friend who I've missed so dearly whilst you'd been traveling. And you also said there would be loads of biscuits. (laughs) Yeah, that was the motivator really, wasn't it? I was like, there's going to be some free food and some talks. And, you know, they're going to go over some of the different hearing devices that they have, what's the top of the market at the moment, um, what's really high tech. And that was such an eye-opening experience because, you know, I really had no knowledge in any of this. Ditto. And it was just so lovely that you said to me that you felt honored that I chose you, picked you, you to come along with me to that. It really, really made me feel at peace in that I can overcome this. And that was the start of the aids that I'm wearing now. I was super, super high tech. They function yeah, you're like as a he- as Terminator. <laughs> like supersonic. Now I've got this supersonic bat hearing and I can hear all kinds of sounds. Even if I'm just fed up with listening to someone, I can just switch it right down so I'm not hearing them. Yes. It's actually great don't whisper near you uh, yeah i would advise anyone to get them i mean save up and invest yeah yeah they weren't cheap they were probably about three and a half four grand so this they were the the single most expensive purchase i'd ever made in one go and i was like wow but i've done this for me and no amount of money compares when it comes to bettering your health spend whatever you need to and have no regrets yeah this you're is right, for you're right. you i remember stood with you outside the theater i think one of the you know one of the what would you say lecturers doctors um he, he spoke with you briefly about these about these expensive ones and you were so uh well naturally worried about the money and the costs and and I remember telling you this is the right decision <laughs> not making the decision obviously but I remember knowing that this is definitely what you needed 
what you wanted, what you needed. I know. And I'm just so grateful, so thankful to have you there because I just really needed that in your, you've always been my sounding board, go to you with anything and you're just there with open arms, open ears. That's what soulmates do. Exactly. I know. From this universe to the next. That's right. This universe to the next. But on the whole, they are magical devices. Like little little baths in your ears. <laughs> little what? Baths in your ears. Baths? Well, I'm trying to think of some like relaxing moment. It's like a waterfall in your ear. <laughs> it's like chocolate in your ears. <laughs> Sounds horrible. Sticky. <laughs> oh. okay. no, no, they're, no, 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 no. They're, they're fantastic they're fantastic good yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what we want i think it's important as well uh one in six i'm talking about statistics for this country you know the uk but one in six people are born with it or do develop it and i think when we listen to people like yourself who talk about this you know what a fight it's been it's important that everyone is doing everything they can to try and avoid it later in life. The levels of music, anything that we can adapt to. And I'm, I'm extremely guilty of this. And I know that my hearing is affected from the loudness of how I would listen to my headphones. I would always have that warning come up on my iPhone and I would ignore it. Idiot. And in my car, Full volume, because I like to rave when I drive. That used to be me. That used to be me. I love a car rave so much. You just get into that zone and you get your favorite music on and and go. But honestly, you can still love and enjoy music to a degree, just not the nth degree. Like, let's let's get real and and let's get serious with it. And um, that's why in schools, I feel like this should be taught how important it is. Um, There just needs to be more education on this. More focus on minorities, more focus on not just the general person, all of these categories of beautiful people. Yeah, I mean, there's so much, so much wrong, honestly, you know, that I think with the education system. I know. We could have benefited so much at school if there was acceptance for even our individual ways of living our lives, our cards that we've been dealt, how we're born. But not happening with this government anyway. So, yes. and it is important to know, even though you said they were hella clunky, they are available on the NHS. Yes, to absolutely anyone. Only 40% of people who need hearing aids have hearing aids. So there's a good 60% of people that choose not to. No doubt living in a lot of discomfort and... I know. Makes me feel really, really sad. Because of the perceptions of other people. Exactly. I mean, that's the lead. There's undoubtedly the leading reason. Exactly. Yeah. The first question in my mind is, do they love themselves enough? I read a very interesting 
and this is it on educating people and stuff that uh, how we live now or with people's jobs and Zoom meetings for people with hearing conditions. And then the, some people on the Zoom call have their video blacked out and it's just audio. This massively affects people in the working place. Yeah. And, and obviously so many people are not going to have the confidence to, to say in a meeting with 40 people, could you please turn your video on? Like, I can't, I can't see your lips. I can't see the words you're saying. So this is fucking pointless. Mm-hmm. Completely. Things like that. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I think so many people don't realize what the adverse effects could be when you just don't turn your camera on. Because all those people are thinking are, oh, my hair looks shit. I haven't done my makeup. What, I'm, I'm still wearing my pajamas. Like, And also... It's way more personable. Since COVID, we've come into just this world of everything's online and digital. And I, trust me, I'm not slating it because my business has really erupted since COVID. And yeah, uh, I know you said before in the intro, but yeah, I, uh, I'm an online English teacher and all of my classes are online, of course. Um, and yeah, I absolutely, I'm so fortunate. I'm so grateful to have this business and I'm self-employed and it's, it's mine. No one's managing me and that's fine. I, I knew maybe early on that I couldn't be managed <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, all I need is my laptop and I can be really anywhere in the world, which is so perfect for me. But there is of course still a small part of me that misses the person to person interaction and generally being in the classroom with these students and building up that rapport and that bond, that connection. But that's the beautiful thing about businesses. They're adaptable. And that's a big love of yours. And I'm sure at some point, what you're doing will transform into something even bigger. And you will have that one-on-one because that's a massive part of you. That's what I hope. The eyes yeah, peeled. Absolutely. There's things coming. Keep the eyes peeled. Keep those ears Erect. <laughs> Good. It's only if, hopefully just those things we want to erect. Yes. No, we don't <laughs> want none of those popping up into the screen. Jesus, no. Slap that away. Hell Slap that no. Dick. <laughs> Slap that dick. Wow. Okay. We talk about, a lot of this has been very much we talk about other people and other people's support of each other, the influence and involvement we have in other people's lives. And that is the heart of this podcast. People are coming on, like you, Soph, being honest, talking about their stories. Because if everyone I knew had a book about their life, I would want to read that book. We should know about people's chapters in their book. We should know about people's tracks in their record. Like, we're here now and we should talk about our lives. We should talk about our highs and lows. Mm -hmm. And... I am so grateful to have you in my life. You empower me. You are beautiful. You are confident. You have got me through so many difficult parts in my life. So many difficult parts. You've been there in the highs and lows since we were just little kids. You 
always push me to do better. You always encourage me to do what I want to do, whether that's helping people, you know, wearing my short shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm so grateful that in all of the history of the frigging universe, we were plopped in 1994 at the exact same time. I'm so grateful. I'm so lucky because everybody needs a Sophie in their life. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> but it's true. It really is true. You're a superhero. You're, you're everything to me. And however long we're both here on this crazy rock, however long that is, either of us, I'm grateful for the time that we have. So grateful. It's the highlight of my life. You. Tears of happiness, I promise. You know, people need to hear these things. And, and we are good at it. We say this to a, a lot. Wake up in the morning. You're a superhero. It's really important. You don't know what people are going through. And we just need to be more aware of loving more. 100%. I don't think you could have said it any better. But I echo absolutely everything that... You said, you know, you're my light, my star, my shining gay little twinkle angel. (laughs) Big gay twinkle. Thank you very much. You're there and now you're in a space and I just love where you are in your journey at the moment of just fully coming into your own and it is such a wonder to see and to be there with you. Even just from reflecting on this summer, having your first gay pride together in Brighton. Wow. Yeah, so that special. was great, wasn't it? Met such special people and you got a good taste of all those bears out there, didn't you? <laughs> I know, wow. Can I just say it is overwhelming. And that one bar, I think you were the only you were the only woman in there, weren't you? Yeah, I felt intimidated, and I have. Uh, it's not often that I feel that. No, but you're safe. Wow. With, you're, you're safe with the gays. You're safe with me. <laughs> no one's coming near you. It's nice. It's nice to not have a, a bunch of straight guys or whatever just like in the corners, just staring at you. That that's a very uncomfortable feeling. But yeah, they can fuck off. I love it. And I've got so much to learn as well. I'm yeah. just learning every day through you. And that's, that's beautiful. Special. As we all should be doing off everyone. Yeah, we're learning every day, aren't we? Exactly. People talk about New Year's resolutions at this time of year a lot. I have this different idea. I encourage people to do the same. I think we can get very lost in New Year's resolutions and... Setting targets, bucket list things that we're going to recycle every year. It's good to have those things. And hell yes, do it. Go jump out of a plane. Go swim with a shark. Go jump near a volcano and do it. Mm. Discovering your word of the year of 2023, the year we've just had. So throughout the year, whatever you've been going through, whatever hurdles you've jumped, whatever ditches you've fallen in, you should be able to encompass this into a word, a word that defines you. We talk about liberating is extremely liberating to have a word each year and to be able to look back and think, wow, that was that year. So on that note, Soph, as we're going into the new year, tell us what is your word and why have you picked it? Without further ado, 
My word is flourish. I love it as a word. I'm an English teacher. I analyze language on the reg. And flourish to me has connotations of flowers, blossoming, going through the seasons, the motions, and that honestly is the best way to describe my journey. And I feel really, really just happy and at peace that I'm able to flourish now, be that flower. You have flourished. Thank you so much. Yeah. Did you find it beneficial thinking about the word and like looking back and... Massively, massively. Yeah. Because, you know, we spend our lives looking ahead to the next thing what's happening in the future or I'm only going to be happy when this happens and we don't do enough pure self-reflection and I think it's a beautiful thing to really find just one little simple word that can hold so much meaning so much and it's not about getting stuck in the past or negatively like remaining in certain memories or whatnot it's really taking an an introspective look at the year that you've had and that we look at every year as as growth. Exactly. Yeah. And you're always going to hold that now when you see that word. So everyone listening, have a think of what your word of the year is, okay? That's going to be your new New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you what yours is? My word of the year is pride. I've never held this level of pride in myself. Embracing so much this year, I've embraced myself fully. I've embraced the people that have been there for me in my life, really embraced relationships. And I do, I hold such proudness in the people I have in my life. And I do in terms of what I'm doing for people moving forward and what Reset With Tom is and that I decided that this was what my calling was. I want to be helping people. That's my love. Going to my first gay prides, fully having sexual liberation, getting out there, Embracing what I love, embracing what gives me fucking horny. <laughs> oh yeah, can't get too excited. I got work soon, but you know, it's this what this year has been. It's been my. I, I honestly think it's been one. Of, it's been my happiest year. We all have low points. When you look at the year as a whole, when you start self-appreciating, self-loving, self-respecting, your life takes a different course. And this year has been my biggest one. Yeah. Love this for you. And clothes. Appreciating clothes more. Yeah. I love my clothes now. I just wear what I want to wear. Get the vests on. Appreciate the ass. I love it. I am all for that. Show off what your mama gave you. Show off what your mama gave you. Right. We're going to finish with a quiz that I know you have prepared for. This might go terribly. We have 10 questions for each other based around our friendship. I will go first Mm -hmm. because it's my podcast. (laughs) Now, we need this fucking snappy, okay? I shot a question. you got to answer it. No willy-nilly. Oh, God. Dibble-dabble. Hit those answers in my face. Oh, God. I'm scared. Chocolate my ears. I'm scared. Should be. I'm terrified. Ready? Yes. Okay. Question one. The first role you ever played in one of our homemade films? 
I played Hermione. No, Violet. Baudelaire. Oh, but Hermione. Question Harry Potter two. was around that time. Oh. Once I was staying over at your house and your mum went to Blockbuster and she picked a really interesting, questionable film for like nine-year-olds, an animation. The film was called Les Triplets de... Oh, um, oh, the first thing that came to mind was Derriere. That's not even right. <laughs> Derriere? Not Derriere, my love. It's Belleville. Oh. <laughs> Question three. Name of my first hamster. Not Sherbet Dib. Was that Aiden's? Oh, my God. Oh, this is terrible. Yours, what the hell was yours called? Sybil. Okay. Wow, I'm doing terribly. Question four. What is my favourite side dish? Side dish? That's what I said. Chips. No, garlic bread. Oh my God. Tea bread. Question five. People are not starting to question. You just need to say a word, okay? Yeah. I say trampoline. You think of... Martin LaRue. Yeah! <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Basically just this kid that we bombed off the trampoline when someone sits down and then he had to go in the recovery position for a long time. Anyway, <laughs> question, question six. We played this GameCube game. Mm, it's got to be Wallace and Grammar. Yes. Okay. Thank God. Question seven. The only and first... Valentine's present I got you when we were younger. I got so many. No, I'm joking. Um, what was it? A little teddy bear, teddy bear, teddy bear. Yes. Woo! Question eight. I serenaded you with this song in karaoke. For my last birthday? Got to be specific uh-uh. about this. Drag karaoke last year. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Was it not um, the world's greatest? No, it was not. Oh, my God. You're simply the best. Oh, this Tina. Is, that's what I was thinking. Mm, clearly not. Question nine, what, not necessarily my favourite film, but what is my favourite films? Pulp Fiction. That's a really random answer. I would have never guessed you would have said Pulp when have we ever spoken about pop fiction i just i just, just so know confident. that you like pop fiction as a movie it's not even i mean yeah i like it a lot but and I, also pets have been a wallflower pets have been a wallflower okay that's high up but no it's thank it's, god you couldn't tattoo the quote tattooed on your body you joking but <laughs> it's lord of the rings Oh my god! Yeah, but perhaps a bit of wallflower is way more no. sentimental to you. I mean, it's sentimental, but Lord of the Rings is kind of my everything. Do you have a tattoo on your body? No. Pop fiction. Anyway, right. <laughs> Question ten. Yeah. What was our most quoted film when we were younger? Most quoted film. Let's rock. Let's rock today. School of Rock. Good girl. Yes. You're taking I hate you. <laughs> I'll see you after class. <laughs> Aww. 
So you got you got five out of ten. Oh, 50 percent. I mean, technically four. Go with but... that. We'll go. We'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. Okay. Mm. And you you didn't give me much time. Right. Listen up. Listen up. Mine are literally about me. Not that I'm a narcissist. It's <laughs> terrible. No, it is the initial instructions I gave you. I did. Yeah, exactly. I'd already prepared them before you told me that. So are you ready? Let's go. Number one. Listo. What are my middle names? Alice Fifield. Thank God. <laughs> Good job. Number two. What was the first country I lived abroad in after uni? China. Specifically? What? You said country. Yeah, China is a country. <laughs> Beijing. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, you're really showing me up here. Number three. How many proper boyfriends have I had? Jesus. <laughs> Fucking hell. How long have we got? Um, <laughs> Whoa. Okay, I'm not that bad. Proper ones? Okay. Mm, four. Damn. No, is it? five. Five. Okay. Tom's my fifth. Okay. How many festivals have we done together? As in including multiple years? Yeah. Like if we went to the same one multiple times? Yes. I don't know how, why I explained that. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Multiple? <laughs> Reading we did twice. Uh, Saget in Budapest. And we went again to get Budapest. At Budapest. Five mad call in Madrid this year. Wow. Five. Yeah, you've done well. Five. Boom. Which subject did I enjoy the most in school? PE. No. Art. Oh. I loved art. Why didn't you continue it? Exactly. That's a question I ask myself every day. Oh, God. <laughs> Six. What's my favourite movie? Oh, <laughs> no, your favourite movie. See, I considered this and it's difficult because you don't really talk about films. Which is weird, um, even though it's like your thing. Um, your favourite film is probably like, I'm just going to say Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, Mean Girls. Oh, I was just... I was thinking Mean Girls. I didn't say it because I thought it would be too basic. No, I, I don't care. I'm embracing that basic bitchness that I am. Number seven, how tall am I? You're always fucking tall as a kid. It was like a tree and a little, I was a little stump. <laughs> you were, you were twice, the, twice the size of me. Twice? Okay, twice. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that you're, you are the same height as 5'9". Uh, well done. Do you know what that is in centimetres? Just call me a ruler. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Anyway, it's 175 centimetres. Fantastic. Yes. Good. Number eight. How many of all my pets' names can you remember? Onyx. Priscilla. <laughs> Furball. Furball? Hold on, try again. Furball. Not fur. Fluffball. Well done. What was Fluffball? Fluffball was a rabbit. Yes. I remember cutting the hair off its ass with you. 
and its Core legs memory. Went... Core memory unlocked. We had it in a bucket of water and its Aww. legs were going, did you just get shit all over us and water? Why was I always doing your pet chores with you, girl who had a million pets? Because I had a million pets, so I had to be cleaning, mucking out on the reg. And you were always with me, so what do you expect, boy? your mic is peaking. Is it? (laughs) Peaking duck. Okay, next question. Oh, Uh, no. Whoa, come on. Uh, Guinea pigs, you had like... Be here a while, actually. All right, okay, you've got so far, but you've missed like... uh, my main childhood dog. Oh my god, dogs! Of course. Sorry, you've got Jack, you got Polly, you got Lucy. Right now, I, uh, we had had, f- had Lucy forever had in my Lucy. heart. Yeah, love Smudge and Hazel, the guinea pigs. They were the sisters. Gotcha. And I had Hedgie, Foxes. Hedgie the hedgehog, who was killed by a fox. I don't recall you having a hedgehog. What? He was blind, guinea pig, and he looked like a hedgehog or a beaver. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. So he wasn't an actual hedgehog. No, but he was called Hedgy. Okay, I feel like listeners would be confused at that as well. Okay, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Number nine. All of them. Oh, Well, most, but what size shoe am I? And what size clothes do I wear? Eight. No. (laughs) I've never been with you to a shoe shop. What? You should know. And my size clothes? I don't know these sizes. I only know the size. Do better. I know the size of women's jeans, but I don't know anything else. 12. Um, I'm a 10. Okay, close. 10, 12. That's kind of like... Fine, it's close to close. I, yeah, it's I half. should probably get that since half. I did the whole let's rock, let's rock Yeah, today. fine, 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 it's half. Okay, oh. and number 10. How do I picture my future? Like in what environment and things around me? Is that a one word answer? <laughs> okay, um, I picture... Well, you, I picture you picturing you in a hot country. Yes. Bada beach. Bada beach, see. Teaching. Yeah. And what else, like, around me, though? Probably the little pitter-patter of feet one day. Mm, Yeah, one day, but more importantly... Oh. Getting a ring on that. Oh, God, okay, well, yeah, I wasn't thinking that. Yeah, I'd like a ring, yeah, I would. But having... Woof, woof. Animals. Yeah. Yeah, adopting animals. Well done. Good job. You got... Six, seven. Yeah, she got seven right. Oh, <laughs> I'm the better friend. Damn. Good game. Oh, now I can speak for the listeners as well and say it's been an absolute, absolute, absolute pleasure listening to you, having you here. And like I said, everyone needs a Sophie in your life. This has been so refreshing and just lovely to talk to you on such a level. I mean, we do anyway, but having you here and telling us a bit of your Massive part of your story, your journey. You're a beautiful soul. You're a motherfucking superhero. I love you so much. Thank you so much for having me on as your first guest. I honestly feel so privileged. And there's no one I'd rather open up to and just be on this level, be on this journey compared to you. So it feels it feels amazing. It feels natural. I really loved it. It's been like a therapy session. Very yeah. wholesome, wholesome vibes. That's it. Yeah. But ultimately, I really, really hope that it can help anyone listening 
or even if it's not necessarily them, but someone that they know, someone in their life. And we spoke briefly, but if people want to come and look at your your online business, your your teaching, what handle? Are you on X? Well, let's forget about Twitter. Are you on Instagram? Are you on YouTube? Of course, what, what... I'm on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok at Miss English Tutor. Yes, Miss English Tutor. Thank you so much. You're beautiful inside and out. And thanks for helping so many people. Thank you. You have the most beautiful day, okay? And... Thanks for just being you, Soph. Oh, thank you so much. Love you so much. Love you, girl. Love you, sis. This universe and the next. This universe and the next. You've been listening to Reset with Tom, the podcast with me, Tom Metcalf. If you want to find out more about the guests I have on each of my shows, take a look at the episode description on whatever app you're listening on, and you'll find all the relevant info and links on that legend. You can follow me on Instagram at Reset with Tom. Now, I put a lot of work into this gig, so please always show love, show your support, give me a follow or a star review, and that would just be amazing. If the core of this show has resonated with you, please share your thoughts on my socials. And if you would like to feature on Reset with Tom the podcast, you know what to do. Just drop me a message. I would love to hear from you because remember, You are all inspirational. The theme music of the show is the incredible track Comes in Waves by Total Giovanni. Thank you so much for letting me use your sound, guys. The song is very important to me. Reset with Tom is produced by me, and I will be here every Wednesday. So get that reminder set. See you next week, beautiful people.